Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from generous genies to gentle giants. And today, we're covering Gibbering Mouthers. Yay! What time is it, Brian? It's uh, it's time to do the dungeon cast. Well, yeah, yeah, it's that. It's uh, it's October time. It's spooky time. Spooky boys, <laughs> we're back. Uh, yeah, we're back on our annual October Spookfest. It has begun. It has begun, <laughs> and we are kicking it off with a horrifying abomination with a real Lovecraftian flavor: the gibbering mouther. Delicious. Of all the terrors created by foul sorcery, and as we've spoken of, quite a few monsters are created by foul sorcery and experimentation, gibbering mouthers are among the most wicked and depraved. These horrible creatures are seemingly drawn from a lunatic's nightmares. Although not technically evil beings, gibbering mouthers instinctively thirst for bodily fluids and seem Aww, to prefer... Just the, like all of them? <laughs> all of them, all <laughs> them fluids. And they seem to prefer the blood of intelligent creatures, Okay, uh, which honestly sounds pretty evil, but these guys have been labeled either neutral alignment or or unaligned since at least 2nd edition. Okay. Um, they serve little true purpose beyond spreading murder and madness, mouthing nonsensical yet disturbing verses and phrases, but most horrifying of all, to fall to a gibbering mouther is to become part of the gibbering mouther. Oh, no. A, a new voice in mind added to the cacophony of madness and driven by an all-consuming need to devour and add more unto itself. Is that like Illithid hive mind? Were they kind of like similar in that way? Where um, they had like slaves that were part of the... The hmm. web of mental... No, mind, mind flayers have uh, thralls. 
Yeah, and so, so that's just and, like and they a do charm. they do have a mind hive that they are like inherently tied to with an elder brain. Yeah, this I thought is of different. That. This is like a, a blob monster. Yeah, this okay. Is, um, so you to become it, you become, to become you become blob. It, yeah. um, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about like what I think the gibbering mouther is inspired by. Okay. in a minute here. So, the gibbering mouther is a creature. Um, of composite, uh, a composite creature of countless eyes, mouths, and liquefied visceral matter of its former victims. Okay. This unwholesome creature has a body with the form and fluidity of an amoeba. Its surface has the color, but not quite the consistency of human flesh. The countless eyes and toothy mouths within it constantly form and disappear all over the creature, often retreating into its body even as they become apparent. Like the mouth, it like shows up and then goes into the body. The thousands of mouths. The thousands yeah. of mouths. It's like this roiling mass of flesh, teeth, and eyes. That reminds me of Envy from Full Metal Alchemist when it, yeah. it goes like kinda. full body and it's got all those faces. Yeah, kind of. This is less faces, though. It's just mouths. It's just mouths and eyes all mm. over the place. Yum, yum. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so... Um, where where was I? Uh, the gibbering mouther's body is an amorphous mass of mouths and eyes that propels itself by oozing forward, fastening several mouths to the ground and pulling its bulk behind it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bite the earth to move. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Oh, the teeth. Oh, my uh, teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Driven to insanity by the destruction of their bodies and absorption into the mouther, the victims gibber incoherent madness, forced to consume everything in reach. Indeed, their gibbering has become has some eldritch effect on those who can hear it and can cause confusion and even temporary madness. Yeah, because uh, they're just like doing a filibuster all by them onesies. Yeah, basically. Nasty. One <laughs> so, of these names of this phone book I've never heard. <laughs> there are essentially two origin theories on the gibbering mouther. Most, most sources say they are the creation of evil magic users, whether as a form of punishment to their foes, a perverse curiosity of experimentation, or the psychotic urge to create horrifying minions. Um, it's not really specified, like, the region. I, I guess the reason could be any of those things. Okay. Um, some sources uh, tell that these creatures are from the far realm. It is said when an intelligent humanoid dies in a place that has been touched by or is close to the far realm, a gibbering mouther can spontaneously arise from the body of the fallen. Okay, so. they like snake tongue to like find the intelligent creature nearby or something like that from one of their mouths. And like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that the the far realm itself can create these things if someone dies near a place touched by the far realm. Oh my god! Yeah. And then it just like is a fucking langolier and like cleaning shit up. I guess so. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> so four e uh, fourth edition even goes as far to claim that mouthers and. Um, Mouthers and higher, more powerful versions of the Mouther dwell within the Far Realm, like they're a native creature to the place. Totally, okay. Yeah. Wandering the places between planes in search of living things to consume. Though they can vary in size, a gibbering Mouther averages about three feet across and three to four feet high, and they weigh roughly 200 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. This thing's like almost an honorary ooze or slime. Yeah, it's kind of an honorary ooze. Yeah, it's a it's an ooze, but grosser. It's the Far Realm Roomba. <laughs> it's, a, it's the Far Realm Roomba. Oh, That's what it Damn. is. <laughs> I love it. The Far Realm Roomba. Um, hey, I think they're going to make, uh, speaking of, of Room Roombas, uh, uh -huh. Remember, I think a familiar that's a slime, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. Roomba. I think they're making that uh, a thing. Like, yeah. they're statting it out. Like, they're adding new familiars Ooh, and nice. Tashas. Yes, please give me my miniature uh, I think they did cube. It. I think oh, they did it. Can't wait to see it. Hell yeah. Got to check it out. 
Now it can be one of these. Yeah. A yeah. familiar that just like runes around like a spouting nonsense a little all over your body. Gibbering mouth through. That's horrifying. But you also constantly kinda, have like random bite marks on you yeah, from it moving. It's kind of hilarious. I like that. <laughs> so if the gibbering mouther is said to be based off of any creature outside of Dungeons and Dragons, I think the Shogoth from the Cthulhu mythos is the obvious candidate. Okay. Lovecraft describes them as massive amoeba-like creatures made out of iridescent black slime with multiple eyes floating on the surface. Mm-hmm. They are protoplasmic, lacking any default body shape and instead being able to form limbs and organs at will. A typical Shogoth measures 15 feet across when a sphere, though the story uh, they're from mentions the existence of others of greater size. Being amorphous, Shogoths can take on any shape needed, making them very versatile within aquatic environments. Uh, Here is a quote describing one of them from the story of the Mountains of Madness. A shapeless... God, I... Told myself to remember how the fuck this word is pronounced, and I don't because I wrote it, these. Will. I wrote these notes three weeks ago. How dare you? Uh, gosh. Do your fucking best Con- right now, dog. Kong, Kong, Congeries. Do you need a second? Because I can totally. Talk I think about... I need a second. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew this, and now I don't know it, and it's upsetting me. You're supposed to be talking. I know, but I blanked on what I was supposed to say after I was like, okay, I have a thing I want to talk about. And then we moved on to start talking hold about on, something hold on. else. I got, I got Google, Google's going to tell me. Conjuries. 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 Yeah, that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that audio in. Yeah, that no, great. absolutely. A shapeless conjuries of protoplasmic bubbles, faintly self-luminous, and with myriads of temporary eyes forming and unforming as pustules of greenish light all over the tunnel-filling front that bore down upon us crushing the frantic penguins and slithering over the glistening floor that it and its kind had swept so evilly free of all litter. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. The, that's the explanation of the Shogoth, which I think is very reminiscent of the Gibbering Mouther. Yeah. It just doesn't really talk. It, it does talk, actually, in in the story. It's has, like, this weird chant it's repeating, but it's okay. not, like, a billion voices like the Gibbering Mouther Yeah, yeah. They, go, they lean into the... Uh the talking aspect of it, I guess. I did remember what I was going to say, where I was supposed to say it in the blank space. Oh, yeah. And I was was thinking about old school with Frank the Tank, and it's like, this thing could just grow a liver, so it could could tank alcohol. I I vaguely remember that movie. Well, there's a scene where Will Ferrell hits the beer bong really hard Uh a bunch, and he gets wasted, and he strips, and he he streaks through this town. Okay. His wife sees him out and picks him up, or whatever. Uh I don't know. I was just thinking, like, if you were at a frat party Uh and you wanted to drink somebody under the table, you could, you're you're so, so goth, show goth? Your show goth could grow a liver and do it for you. It could. Oh, because it can grow organs. (laughs) Yeah, spontaneously, I I was like, ooh, it could grow liver, (laughs) it could grow livers to tank alcohol. Interesting. Gotcha. All right. (laughs) Well, when a gibbering mouth (laughs) senses prey, its mouths begin to murmur and chatter, each with a different voice. Deep or shrill, wailing or... uh, Ooh, ooh, you lading? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Did you say ooh, you lading? Yeah, ooh, you lading. You know, when you hear the ghostly, ghastly ooh-ulations. <laughs> yeah, crying out in crypt. agony or ecstasy. I got to start making notes for my notes at this point. Can you imagine walking through a fucking, like, a thin area, like a, a far realm adjacent <laughs> place, and you hear, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh shit, it's a gibbering mouther. <laughs> it can only be a there's either somebody really horny in the cemetery or there's a gibbering mouther. It's one of the Everybody two. run either and way. I'm not sure which is worse. We have to get um, out of here. The cacophonous gibbering overcomes the senses of any creature that hears it, uh, causing most to flee in terror, as we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. Others are overcome with madness or stand paralyzed, fixated on the horrific creature as it oozes forward to consume them. Oh god. So driven to devour any creature it can reach, a gibbering mouther flows over victims transfixed transfixed by its mad ranting. Its 
Multitudinous voices temporarily silenced as it gnaws and swallows living flesh. That's a fun monster to roleplay for a dungeon master. I know, it really You just have to write like eight fucking lines of dialogue to rotate between. It doesn't even uh, have to say anything coherent. It can just make noises. Yeah. Yeah. The monster liquefies stone with which it comes into contact, hindering creatures that overcome it's gibbering in an attempt to flee. A gibbering mouther leaves nothing of its prey behind. However, even as the last of the victim's body is consumed, its eyes and mouth boil to the surface, ready to join the chorus of tormented gibbering that welcomes the monster's next meal. It's a Christmas chorus of gibbering mouthers. It's just one gibbering mouther. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. That is really scary. Can you imagine a uh, Kenku uh, player, like a PC, mm-hmm. uh, role-playing alongside a DM gibbering mouther? Oh, my That'd God. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> one be... dude's got a soundboard on his yeah. fucking phone. He's just yeah. going for it yeah, with like the sword that. noise over and over again. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that <laughs> idea. All right. I think it's time for a short rest. Oh, dang. Let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast homebrewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, 
and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! returned. Do we have? Will, that's a nice shirt. Where'd you get it? I uh, got it on our Teespring store, sir. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> if you're if you're listening uh, audio only, like a podcast app or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, you won't be able to see Will's cool SuperQuest Saga shirt. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. white and it's got the SuperQuest Saga big dragon and text on it. And it does. It I'm does. wearing a similar shirt, William. You it's are. the same exact shirt except black. Yep, that's exactly right. I got it from teespring.com. Dash store slash the dungeon. There's notes below. <laughs> There's you, notes below. It's the links in the description. But yeah, and check out Super us. Quest Saga if you yeah, have that, it because it's too. fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get back to the gibbering mouth. Let's do it. So a gibbering mouther can actually eat virtually anything, uh, whether the food is animal, vegetable, or even mineral. While it prefers animal tissue, preferably still alive and kicking, the mouther can also absorb and make use of most metals and minerals. This is a consequence of its strange metabolism. Virtually anything can be incorporated into its makeup or used as a life-giving nutrient. If there's no animal or plant tissue available, a mouther can change its metabolism so as to sustain itself by absorbing other material. Okay. If they actually swallow or absorb it, mouthers can dissolve and utilize any material except for glass, diamond, adamantite, and mithril. These materials are resistant to all the mouthers' corrosive secretions and are eventually expelled. I like the glass thing. Like, so if there's, well, I guess the cork. But I was thinking if they if they consumed a potion of healing or something like that. Oh yeah, there is the cork. But they would dissolve the cork and then the liquid. But if it had like a glass seal. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like a decanter? Well, no, no, like, uh, I guess like a decanter or like, what are those uh, vials, the, the ones that you you break the tip off of? They're not decanters. They're called something else. Ampules. That's what they're called. Ampules. Yeah, ampules. Like an ampule would be completely immune. Like one of the fucking, like Richter. throw an ampule in there. Like Richter from Castlevania or whatever. He throws oh. like a fucking, one of those things and it, in Smash Bros and it like blows up. And oh, that's all, that's every Castlevania character. They throw well, yeah. holy water, yeah. But I don't think it's an ampule. That's but, what I was wondering. But, but it could in be. Constantine, they're ampules because he in, in the yeah. movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves, yeah. he takes out holy water ampules and breaks them on himself to like. Oh yeah, get yeah, out yeah. of hell yeah, or whatever yeah, it is he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so metabolically, the mouther is as confused as its appearance implies. Though it doesn't breathe in the traditional sense, some parts of its body require oxygen and some do not. As a consequence, it is... A- <laughs> what the fuck? You either do or you don't. So it either does require oxygen or it doesn't. So part of it can be underwater, just like me. As a consequence, <laughs> it is impossible to asphyxiate a mouther. <laughs> Let me... Let me explain and then you'll understand. How yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, so I like that. I, it simply do. shifts to anaerobic respiration so that it no longer requires oxygen. Okay. Similarly, poisonous gases are ineffective, though it isn't reflected in the Five Monster Manual because I, I checked. I wanted to go see if it was like immune to poison. It's not. So one being a, an, a dumbass can get choked by poison gas. Hmm? So you could... Poison, oh, yeah, like, if it was a yeah. dumb gibbering mouth that yeah, like didn't it's switch like, its metabolism. I'm just going to take a deep breath. Like, yeah. wait for it to take a deep yeah. breath, then do it, and that's the only way. Right. Well, again, okay. the 5e Monster Manual doesn't reflect this, so, again, they might have just changed this a little. Like, when I get into the, <laughs> what I like about these, uh, like, uh, sources where I get, like, the anatomy, uh-huh. like, shit gets really weird because they try and explain, like, magical stuff with, like, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, like a biological it. mechanism. Well, because you can probably, I, I'm picturing it kind of translucent so you can see what's going no, on inside of it. No, no. it's like skin. You should pull up a picture of the gibbering mouth so you know what we're looking at here. I'm all over it. Yeah. Because um, I was thinking, like, 
if it swallowed an ampule with something important, you could like bait the party into trying to split this thing wide open. You know what I mean? You'd have to kill it to get it back. It's out, like a way. mimic chest. Or a, I'm, I could see getting pushed out because I, I picture the gibbering mouther is like constantly shifting. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, but it's nowhere near translucent. Okay, so yeah, I can it's like see reddish. it. This is like a fleshy. Yeah, this is a blob of flesh. Exactly. This looks like Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs, <laughs> but like after they boil right. him in the car or whatever. Yes, sure, that exactly. If you left Pizza the Hut in a hot car on like, <laughs> a summer day there. There while you're shopping at Home Depot, exactly, like, this is what you'd come back to. Right. <laughs> So for the most part, gibbering beasts uh, speak complete nonsense. Uh, occasionally, though, a gibbering. So I'm actually. Did I skip this? I must have put this out of order because gibbering beasts are about to be explained in a couple. Is that paragraphs. separate from a gibbering mouther? Yes, because it's for a specific lore. It's like the um, gibbering mouther's dog. It's like a gibbering <laughs> beast. <laughs> no, it's super not that. It's rolling around like woof woof woof. woof. <laughs> I really like that idea, but no, it's super not that. So, for the okay. most part, gibbering beasts speak complete nonsense. Occasionally, though, a gibbering beast will speak an intelligible word or phrase, usually mingled with its mad gibbering. The word or phrase can be a clue or warning, or it could just be something of no importance whatsoever. <laughs> Duck! <laughs> gibbering mousers can reproduce through binary so fission, much like an amoeba, but only when well-fed and once it grows to an appropriate size. When okay. ready, the mouther will hide in a secure area while performing this process, since it can take up to four hours to complete. One mouther becomes two smaller mouthers. Once split, the two mouthers would move. Aw- uh, the two mouthers do move away from each other. Offspring have the full powers of an adult from the outset of their creation. When a mouther divides its mouth and eyes, when when a mouther divides its eye, mouth and eyes are shared evenly between its offspring. When Dope. a mouther has insufficient food or must live on minerals alone, it does not reproduce. I like the idea. Um, I came up with this whole scenario of, of maybe a far realm room or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. or area. It's like a, <clears throat> the uh, like an Ouroboros of gibbering mouthers, like s- cycling around. Like they <laughs> they one eats another and then uh-huh. gets big enough to split uh-huh. and then just like splits into like two. Right, but they're just eating each other and yeah. Splitting. No, it's I like, can see that. It's just like the the main mass of the Ouroboros is constantly shifting down the line. I right? call it the the Ouroborophus. It's Ouroboros and Orifice. Put together. Mouth. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, good joke. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so four e gibbering mouthers do not seem to reproduce in the same way as I just described. You know, four e has yeah. to do everything differently. Trying to flex. Instead, they have a phased life cycle in which once they have consumed enough sentient beings, they grow and transform to a more powerful and massive, massive gibbering monstrosity. Okay. So this is gibbering beasts. It's referring to all the different phases of the gibbering mouther. Okay. A gibbering mouther is a gibbering beast, but not all gibbering beasts are gibbering mouthers. Yeah, arcane, arcane focus, arcane. Yeah, that one. Whatever the other one is. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> Spellcasting focus. Whatever, one. dude. Yeah. Nerd. The base creature is a gibbering mouther, much like the one we've described thus far in the episode. Its second stage of life, though, is called a gibbering abomination. This okay. creature is much larger than an average mouther with multiple long tentacles it can extend to grasp and attack victims with and even walk upon. The abomination also gains a psionic uh, visual power called its eyes of despair that can cause psychic damage to the target and render them unable to move. Okay. The mother's final stage of life is an entity known as a gibbering orb. 
Jiring orbs are in the huge size category. They also gain the ability to levitate, hovering through dungeons and the far realm, touch places of the world, oh completely God. unaffected by gravity. It's a fucking beholder. <clears throat> yeah. Jiring orbs are so massive and have so many mouths that it can actually spare more than a few, leaving mouths attached to victims it bites. Oh, what? <laughs> Which can then keep biting independent of their host's body. You just have fucking chatter teeth, you know, with the little feet, like, on your body. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just, like, nomming yeah. you <laughs> on my elbow. <clears throat> Furthermore, yeah. unlike a mouther, Jibbering Orb has managed to coalesce its many intelligences into a consciousness beyond human comprehension. And rather than being functionally mindless, they are instead hyper-intelligent. Okay. <clears throat> Finally, Jibbering Orbs develop eye ray powers akin to that of a beholder. The 4E Jibbering Orb has six different eye beams. Mind carving ray, flesh eating ray, bone warping ray, blood feasting ray, far sending ray, and soul eating ray. Okay. <laughs> now, 5e has not promoted the stats for either gib the gibbering abomination or the gibbering orb, but fuck, I hope they do. I, I, I want a gibbering orb. Give me a gibbering orb, 5e. I'm on the fence. No, I think it's fucking cool. <laughs> Maybe in. Uh... There's going to be, like, a Monster Manual 2, maybe, some, at like, some maybe, point. Well, maybe they'll do, like, a, a Far Realm-based module or book or, or something like that. And always we'll get, do, like, Far Realmish stuff. They always sprinkle a little bit of stuff I want into modules, like right. new spells or right. new monsters. Yeah. So, so it'd be cool to consolidate them, right. kind of like Tasha's is going to do with the UA stuff. But, like... Right, right. Yeah. Who knows when that yeah, will it's, be. Yeah, 5e has really scattered things. But, honestly, that's kind of... D&D's MO since before 4th edition. Drag it out. Uh, 3.5 was a lot like that. Stuff yeah. was scattered. 4E stuff books. was less scattered, but 4E had its own problems. I know they're going to do three <clears throat> new modules next year that are, they're going to redo old modules, and but I don't know what other but books are going to come 5e? out next year. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Alright, well, uh, do you have any questions about the gibbering mouth or before we uh, jump into the stat block? Um, how likely are you to put the, um, the Ouroboros into your game? Your uh, game. On a scale of one to ten, zero. Okay. <laughs> I just think, like, you walk in and you see a whirlpool of, like, these rolling, fleshy, yeah. mouthing. Well, but, uh, but mostly it doesn't make sense in my canon, because in my canon, gibbering orbs are a thing. So that many mouthers, we're getting to gibbering orb territory. Okay, cool. It's like the dwarf star of gibbering things. Dwarf star? Like when the star explodes and it just becomes a small... Sure, yeah. Uh, I guess so. so that. Because you said it was the end life cycle. It of is the it. end of its life cycle, yeah. Okay, so I had one more thing. Um, you get a a table, a random table of like 20 or more, whatever, 10, I don't know, different types of voices, mm -hmm. and you roll on the table mm -hmm. as you're role-playing the gibbering mouther to see what accent you have to do like <laughs> at any given time. Like that. That's fun. So like we've that. got a Scottish guy and French dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little girl mm -hmm. and a dog. <laughs> woof. <already>. Woof. <laughs> That's uh, incoherent gibber. Mm -hmm. Woof, woof. Yeah, sure. the, like, I mean, I don't understand it. And then uh, you hear dogs barking while a little girl cries and a Scottish guy is really pissed about how much, uh, how little beer selection there is in this sure. bar or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. And then throw in like a couple other tropes. I guess the only thing you can't do is like mimes. You can't really do mimes. Mm, it's more of a gibbering troper than a gibbering mouther. A gibbering troper. Uh, you ready for that stat yeah, block? Yeah, ready Let's for the stat block. Tell me about the gibbering mouther. The gibbering mouther is a medium aberration of neutral alignment. Its mm. armor class is only nine, as it is just a big, fat sack of stuff. I feel like it should be unaligned alignment, not a neutral alignment. That's just me. Okay, there are unaligned. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Well, hit points are 67. Okay. Uh, the speed <clears throat> is 10 feet of movement. A swim speed of 10 feet. Oh, okay. It could swim, kind of. 
It can it, float over. It just has to move its or, its inner stuff to it's the back like and then gnashing back forward. its teeth to like create like. Oh, it's just like <laughs> like like ten mouths on the back. Oh god, <laughs> the Dixie uh, boat from hell or worse. Uh, okay, uh, we got conditions. It cannot be prone. Well, or it's always I mean, prone. it's always prone. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, it is not. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, it's got dark vision of sixty feet. Whatever. Okay. Uh, passive perception of 10. It doesn't do language, although <laughs> that seems wrong. No, it doesn't do language. It only gibbers nonsensically. There is no language. It neither understands what you say to it, nor is it saying anything to you. So you're not really getting any like actual lines of speech in there? like how You kinda, are, but it's just saying... It doesn't understand them. It's it just, do, yeah, it doesn't understand the things that it's saying. So it's, where is it getting it from? It's saying that because it's from the past lives of the things it's absorbed. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So it's using that, yeah. that old soul? Sure. All right. Challenge rating two. Uh, the aberrant... Okay, we're getting into stuff it can do. So aberrant ground. The ground in a 10-foot radius around the mouther is dough-like, difficult terrain. Ooh, it gets all soft and squishy. Yeah, this is that whole far realm thing that they're kind of going with. Or you could spin it as it's the acid it's secreting. Making the ground all yeah, soft. Yeah, you could do. You could, I don't remember what the feature is called, but I think you could go either way. I with feel it. like if it's secreting an acid that can warp the ground, that you probably it should probably have some adverse effects if you walk in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Each creature that starts its turn in that area must succeed on a DC 10 strength saving throw, or have its speed reduced to zero until the start of its next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could also just be like, yeah, the potency of it wears off because it did it to the ground. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. There we whatever. Go, yeah. Figured out. Whatever. Uh, gibbering. The mouther babbles incoherently while it can see any creature and isn't incapacitated. Each creature that starts its turn within 20 feet of the mouther and can hear the gibbering must succeed on a DC 10 wisdom saving throw. Man, that's a panic option for a player to be like, no, I stuffed my ears with cloth. Right. Nope, you fail. (laughs) On a failure, the creature can't take reactions until the start of its next turn and rolls a D8 to determine what it does during its turn. On a one to four, the creature does nothing. On a five or six, the creature takes no action or bonus action and uses all its movement <clears throat> to move in a randomly determined direction. Mm. On a seven or eight, the creature makes a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within its reach or does nothing if it can't make such an attack. Madness. Yeah, just I like that. Act crazy. Yeah. Uh, but on a one to four, you don't do anything. So yeah. you're probably yeah. you're probably just gonna chill. Forty percent chance to chill. Uh, negating turns for a armor class 9, 67 hit point creature is pretty good. Yeah, this is where we get into, like, if you were trying to use this as a boss creature for, like, level 1s. Oh, yeah. It could go perfectly or it could go disastrously. Yeah, this, this thing could go way too hard. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, all it takes is the barbarian to attack the wizard, the wizard and it's once. over. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we got a multi-attack on this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to make a guess on what it does with um, its multi? Bite? Yeah, <laughs> the gibbering mouther makes one bite attack, and if it can, uses its binding spittle. It, oh has, God. it also has binding it's got spittle. Binding spittle. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what binding spittle does. So bi- I'll tell you bites first, since okay. it's in that order. Sure. Um, it's probably relevant to yeah. have it this way. So it's a melee weapon attack of plus two to hit with a reach of five feet, which I imagine is like a proboscis uh, with a mouth on the end of it that comes out to almost like a slime. Uh, what's the black pudding comes out? Oh, with well, the they have the pseudopods. Yeah. Pseudopods. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Um, the hit. Oh God! It's seventeen piercing damage. Um, okay. Randomly high. If the target is medium or smaller, it must succeed on a DC ten strength saving throw or be knocked prone. If the target is killed by this damage, it is absorbed into the mouther. 
Much like an ooze, right? Yeah. Like uh, ooze can absorb people. Some oozes can. I'm not sure which one. I can't remember specific, either. But yeah, but this Pudding. one literally makes you part of it. Okay, yeah, that's wild. So it basically rolls over. It roombas you yeah. up. Well, the gelatinous cube will just dissolve you. That's what it is. Yeah. Gelatinous cube. Binding spittle. Recharge of five or six. I said recharge. Mm-hmm. Um, the mouther spits a chemical glob at a point it can see within 15 feet of it. The glob explodes in a bind, a blinding flash of light on impact. That's weird. And each creature so is it blinding spittle or binding split spittle. Oh, it's blinding spittle. Okay. I had dyslexia. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, the glob explodes in a blinding flash of light on impact. Each creature within five feet of the flash must succeed on a DC 13 dexterity saving throw or be blinded or binded until the end of the mouther's next turn. Being blind is pretty brutal, and yeah. like so, all you can do is hear, and what you're hearing is this nonsensical horror show that's like making you go go, go crazy. Right, so you're gonna get disadvantage on your weapon attacks, yeah, or all of your stuff. That's yeah, that's a brutal monster. I would love to run a horror game with level ones and the gibbering mouth is the boss, like, and everyone might wipe, but it's a horror game, so like there hey, it goes. Everyone, it, it makes sense for everybody to wipe in a horror game. Yeah, yeah. I have a question yeah. for you as a dungeon master sure. involving on the topic of blindness. Yeah, let's say. Let's take this situation, mm-hmm. or maybe it not be the best because it's a gibbering mouther, but the point is, if you are blind, you have disadvantage on attacks. Mm-hmm. If everybody is blind, let's mm-hmm. say they cast darkness spell and you're fighting in darkness, does everybody just have disadvantage on attacks? Because I see some people argue that nobody, it kind of cancels out and then you just have regular... Everybody's just regular. No, everyone point. has disadvantage on attacks. That's what I would think. Yeah. I've seen some because everyone's uh, fucking blind. Uh, I'm gonna look up a Reddit thing. Okay, uh, after the episode, but yeah. I just wanted to ask you that. That's uh, even I think the argument together, might so. be like, well, at that point, what you are effectively mechanically doing is just slowing down the fight, right? And if you really want to avoid that, then I guess you can say, well, it all evens out, so we just pretend like you know, we'll just do one roll instead of two. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really like that, but I can understand why someone would do that. I wouldn't. Know. Okay, yeah. um, that's it for the stat block. Okay, so well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like I said, I really like it. I'd like to run a horror game with um, with that as a boss for like a low level one. Yeah, um, there, I'm actually this has some implications, right? If you're using this monster on what is going on in your campaign, because this thing doesn't randomly show up. Um, yes and no. Um, it depends on how much you want to lean into the Far Realm thing. This could just be the foul creation of a mad wizard, though. That's true. It he doesn't necessarily it from the Far Realm or well, just, no, just made it out of a dude out of so many fucking dudes. tormented. Yeah, like five dudes. So I, it started as a small mouth there, and then he grew it. I was just throwing the heads of my victims into the slime, <laughs> and and it just this came crawling out. I did a flesh spell on it. And, <laughs> well, I like that. That's a. <laughs> See, it doesn't have to be from the far realm. It, it doesn't. Can be just like that. It can be. It can also bind instead of blind. <laughs> and when it spits on you, you get stuck to the wall like a Spider-Man web shot. Sure. Um, let's take a long rest. Okay. <laughs> Will, do you hear that? Oh God, I do. Oh God, I hear a lot of it. What are your slippies doing this time? <laughs> they're splitting. Oh no. Uh, I guess you do need to. They're biting me. Oh God, no. <laughs> I can't get them off. My ankles will. They also won't shut up. They won't shut the shut the hell up. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> what's up? We got a contest winner. We can finally announce you. Congratulations yeah. to uh, the winner of our uh, rhyme of the Frostdale Icewind Maiden. 
I just fucked that up so bad. Oh yeah, you just said a bunch of words. <laughs> Butchered it. Uh, the one with the owl on it. It was uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. <laughs> Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Set in Icewind Dale. Yes. Uh, this is shout true. out to Ari Salvatore. Mm-hmm. Our the homie. newest D module to just come out, and we were doing a contest where we were giving one away, and someone won. So who won, Brian? Uh, Nancy Luo, uh, who is Fancy and Wonder on Twitter. Or oh, nice. on Twitter, Jesus. Well, I think she's Fancy and Wonder on Twitter also, but Fancy and Wonder on Instagram. Congratulations, um, Nancy. Hope you enjoy the module. I see that you already got your book. Yeah, you got your book. She, she's waiting. I think she got the minis, and she's waiting for the dice. Um, production on the dice was delayed. Oh. A while back. Oh. Um, so the, the release day got pushed out like a week or whatever. Okay, so but it'll that's what's coming get to last. her once they're made. I think it should be getting there today or tomorrow. Oh, so, so okay. You know, okay. whatever. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. It's, cool. it's pretty much... There it is. Sounds um, good. And with the death of a contest, out of the ashes <laughs> rises a new, another contest. It's true. It's uh, true. M- more like a vampire, less like a phoenix. Yeah, exactly. 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 That. We're giving away two copies of Curse of Strahd Revamped. Revamp. Get uh, it? Vamp? Uh-huh. Like vampire. I, I get it. Yes, I get it. I we're bet giving, they, yeah. That's okay. They did on purpose. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, we are giving away on Halloween night and in order to enter, there's basically kind of two congruent contests running at the yeah, same time. Yeah, because the, a lo- the way we do the Instagram one kind of skewed it. So yeah, like, you were yeah, more yeah, likely yeah. to win there for sure. Yeah. So we're going to just separate but them up. Now we got a Twitter contest and an Instagram contest. And yeah. if you want to enter the contest on Twitter, all you have to do is share a link to an episode of one of our shows with the hashtag DungeonCast. And if you do that before Halloween night, you'll be entered to uh, to win. And I'll be drawing out a, a name off the list on Halloween night. That's also for every other social media that isn't Instagram. You can send proof to yes. anywhere you can get a hold of us, but probably the dungeoncast at gmail.com is the yep. best place. Yep, yep, yep. And you'll get you'll get lumped in with that contest. And then the Instagram contest is the same as the Rhyme of the Frostmane one if you entered that. Tag a friend. One friend per comment gets you one entry. Uh, so yeah, you can enter a bunch of times. The whole point of all these contests is to help spread the word about the show. Mm-hmm. So thanks you guys so much for doing that. We've been getting a lot of great um, iTunes reviews and Podbean comments and SoundCloud stuff has been coming into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We see all of that stuff and we really appreciate everybody that gives us some feedback or you know just tells us how much they appreciate what we're doing, yeah. which we've been getting a lot of um, really nice messages, especially in our inbox of people um, you know, saying that our podcast helps them through dark times and things like that. And it's really nice to hear that stuff. So thanks guys. We really appreciate it. Um, Will and I work really hard on the show. So to to have people appreciate it and listen to it is great. So yeah, tell people about, uh, about D and D and our show. And we've got a series called DD five on YouTube. That's meant to help people get into D and D or like help explain it quickly and uh, concisely. Yeah, it's hard for a new player that's not used to fantasy to get hit with like thirty minutes of YouTube video about whatever. Like fucking now you got to roll what die. So (laughs) if you just want to get hit, hit somebody with a real quick five minute explanation. Sorry about the spellcasting one; it's a little long, but uh, those are great starters. So go check out DD Five. You can find it on our YouTube channel, and uh, that's all we got for you. I think we're gonna call it a game. I think it's time. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys. Later. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. 
The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.